Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Life Set Apart where we talk about random topics with a biblical worldview. Uh, I'm Emily. I'm Hannah. And today we are here with our very first ever special guest, Mr. Owen Purdy himself. Hello. Super cool that you could be our first guest uh, as you are married to the one and only Hannah. Yeah, that's my husband. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to be married. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I wish I knew what that was like. One day, maybe. Maybe, we don't know. Careful what you wish for. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy being married at times, I'm guessing. Yep. <laughs> but we're not talking about marriage today. Uh, <laughs> that's for probably further down the road when we do some other series about different kinds of relationships one has in their life. Relationships. Um, so, Owen. Hello. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourself. What do you do for a living? This is an obvious question. Where do you go to church? Uh, and what is your favorite book of the Bible? Okay, so I'm a welder. I don't really like to identify myself that way because I don't really like my job, but the fact <laughs> is I spend a lot of my life welding, so I am a welder, in fact. Um, I'm more of an athlete. I love running. That's my real passion. Um, I go to Grace Point Church. I'm a deacon there. And uh, what was your other question? Oh, what's your favorite book of the Bible? Ah, yes. So it's a throw up between uh, Ecclesiastes and Matthew. Matthew chapter 6 is my favorite chapter of the Bible, but Ecclesiastes is overall my favorite book of the Bible. My favorites are Ecclesiastes and Romans. Oh, snap. Wow. Ecclesiastes grew. Yes. Ooh. Hannah, what are your two favorite books of the Bible since we're on the topic? Two favorites. I mean, all of them are great, to be fair. It's just like ones that you enjoy. Oh, I feel I like it know. keeps changing. It really What keeps... is it right now? Right now, I mean, honestly, I just read Esther recently, and like, I'm not going to lie, I love that book. I love reading that. That's like the basic woman's conference book of the Bible. Yep. Esther. And Ruth. Butterflies and Esther. <laughs> Women's conference. We're not suggesting this. No, we're, yeah, that was supposed to be playful, me kind of making fun. And then there's the man's favorite book of the Bible, Song of Solomon. Oh. <laughs> Yo! Oh, man. It's getting real. You brought it. And for New Testament, I feel like recently I really like the book of John. That book Ooh. really blessed me last time I read it. So those are my, that's like updated. I feel like if you asked me this question a month ago, I would have said something different. Hmm. But we, Emily and I were leading Ecclesiastes study yeah. when I started talking to Owen and that was pretty cool. Oh yeah, True. I was like, oh, we're actually leading that. Ecclesiastes. <laughs> actually, I think that's one of, I don't know. I think that's one of my most favorite studies that I've led. Yeah, same. I think just because. It was to, so good. Yeah. The, the book itself, just to view it through the gospel lens, that mm. now that Jesus has come and all of that, it's just a beautiful picture of, you know, life with Christ, that there is hope, that there is yes. joy and in the midst of things being like vain all is vanity all is vanity yeah wow okay that's fun uh that was 
just a get to know you question, but I have my regularly scheduled <laughs> funny question. Though this one isn't as funny. Um, it just it was just something that I was interested. I I wonder if I know the answer, but I I just have to. It's n why are your eyebrows going like that, Owen? <laughs> He's anticipating. Well, I'm not going to talk about Song of Solomon. Oh, <laughs> the question is not in regards to Song of Solomon. Have good theological insights on that. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, my question is, and this is for both of you, separately, not together. Okay. Well, God uh, is joined together. Let no man separate. But or, or woman like... or Emily. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness need that in a quote <laughs> yeah that's quote log that's quote log worthy uh but my question and i think it could be different for both of you unless it just happens to be the same but what is one food that you could eat every day like multiple times a day and not be tired of it for how many days 50 50 days? I feel like, I don't know, like a year. Give yourself a year. What's some, Okay, maybe not multiple times a day, but like, what's something that like you could just eat every day and not be tired of it? Like, it's a food you love. Bro, I eat cereal every day. Cereal? Okay. <laughs> I literally have eaten cereal pretty much every day for my whole life. Okay. And you've never gotten tired of cereal? Uh, I get tired of existing sometimes but that won't stop me from eating cereal <laughs> trying to answer your question honestly here <laughs> no i appreciate the honest i was not expecting that one um cereal but like what kind of cereal is that a specific kind of cereal uh nothing too sweet too sugary is a no-no although when i was a kid i will say i ate sugary cereals but that is long gone are you like a wheaties guy no. Raisin no, Bran. Well, uh, hold up. Raisin Bran's actually pretty good. It's like Economy Wheat. Well, Economy uh, Wheaties? Is that what they're called? Oh, goodness <laughs> me. The, the athlete food, okay? The athlete food. I don't read the labels. I just eat the food. <laughs> Once I told Hannah that I said she was like a like Raisin Bran cereal, and she was not happy. She was like, I don't want to be stupid Raisin Bran. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a Raisin Bran. You can get it without the raisins. That's like... Just, it's just know. like Wheaties. Yeah, it's basically. like Wheaties, except not overpriced. My dad used to eat Wheaties. Like, we used to have them in the cupboard. But I don't... I think I've eaten them maybe once or twice, but I, I wonder, I'd probably eat them now. I'd ne I've never had Wheaties, I don't think. I like Honey Bunches of Oats. Yeah, that's good. That was some of my childhood favorites. Mm -hmm. Same. Used to go up on the, the fields above where I lived and pick wild blueberries into my bowl oh. and have it with honey bunches of oats. Oh boy, that was a good good memory. Wow, wow. See that fog lying down the valley and just knowing that you have no job to go to. Yeah, mm. good times. Mm -hmm. Sounds amazing. All right, Hannah, what about you? What is one food you could eat just like every day for a year and like not be tired of it? Doesn't matter the nutritional value, it doesn't matter anything. It's just like, what you would if you oh, could boy. or if you wanted to like it doesn't have to be a what's good for you kind of thing too yeah. i sorry i didn't say that with you Owen, but i mean your cereal works and i could eat every day without getting sick of it yeah it's hard because i feel like i get sick of things really easily well especially now but okay um goodness gracious 
I have been eating a lot of cereal lately, but I'm not gonna say the same thing because I don't actually think it's true. Yeah. I feel like, I want to say ice cream, but I feel like I would end up getting sick of it. The same flavor or like if you did different flavors? Oh. Because it, it doesn't have to be the same flavor. Like if it was cereal every day for a year, like it could be any kind of cereal. So it could oh. be any kind of ice cream. It's a toss-up between oatmeal and ice cream, which sounds really weird, but I could eat oatmeal, like, probably every day. And I'm pretty sure you did when we were living together. Yeah, I think I did for, like, a whole year. Yeah, it, either that or your um, yogurt with honey and yep. peanut butter. Yep. And, yeah. Chocolate, I was going to guess chips. yogurt. I, yeah. yeah. She eats a lot of yogurt. Yeah, I eat a lot of yogurt. Gotta get that protein in. <laughs> the yeah, only way you pretty can. Pretty much the only way she does. <laughs> yeah. Babies. <laughs> Baby needs her nutrients. Yeah, I think my final answer is gonna be uh, probably oatmeal, if I'm being honest. I could eat that stuff probably every day and just change it up when I get sick of one flavor combination. Just change yeah. it up. Yeah, you can make it fun. Have you ever, okay. Uh, maybe I shouldn't answer this. <laughs> Have you ever, like, crushed up an Oreo and put it in your oatmeal? No, but that sounds really good. It's amazing. Well, now I need to try it. Oh, yeah. Just add Oreos to oatmeal. Like, oatmeal's fine by itself, but if you really just want to make it really unhealthy. You could do pro-meal. Proteodies. Pro Proteodies. <laughs> Pro Protein oatmeal. That's good stuff. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. Proteodies with an Oreo. Remember when you had proteodies at uh, the lady that was watching her dog's house and you broke the bowl? <laughs> no! Why are you unearthing my, unearthing my secrets? Honestly. It's too late. I don't know. Oh, no, I'm silently no. judging you. Oh, everyone, no. always, everyone has broken a bowl in their life. I don't care what they say. Yeah. I have. Have Not you? Not everyone broke a bowl the way you did, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. It's everybody's unique. Yes. That's, that's what your mom says to make you feel better about your shortcomings. Aww. <laughs> that's, I feel like moms do that. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to do that. You have a great personality. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just think of uh, your baby picture. Oh. Yeah, we don't have to talk about that. No. No. That just reminded me. Of, but anyway. Uh... So, I asked this question because the topic today that we are going to discuss is gluttony. And what better way to introduce that than with a question about some food. So, Owen, uh, first of all, what is gluttony? Wait a minute, is this a passive-aggressive way of confronting my sin? It's <laughs> <laughs> all that cereal, man. <laughs> Okay, okay. Let me let me get get my bearings here. I have a few notes. First, I'd just like to get you a better idea of like what that word actually means. Um, it's translated from Zalal in Hebrew. Um, the English equivalent is like flow down, vile, glutton, right? Well, obviously glutton, riotous eater, uh, riotous. And uh, the definition is probably to shake out, i.e. by implication to scatter profusely, figuratively to treat lightly lavish despise 
So the idea here is you're being irre irreverent in your treatment of something. It's like a substance abuse, essentially. Mm. But that's just the that's just the idea of what the Hebrew word is. Um, <laughs> words can change, and the way we use gluttony nowadays might not be the same as it was, you know, hundreds of years ago. But in the Bible, that's what the Hebrew word meant. Um, but moving on from that, I just like to say that I think we've very badly misunderstood what gluttony is. Um, when we're eating food, we may ask ourselves, how much food do I have to eat before it's gluttony? Okay, that's that's the wrong question. Gluttony is not about food, it's about your heart. So, gluttony of the heart, that's that's when you're treating something irreverently, it's when you place too high of a value on some physical substance, it's when you think you need a physical substance, when you only need God, it's like when you... Uh, you say, oh, I shouldn't be eating this, and then you keep eating it anyway. It's not about how much food you eat. It's the heart in which you eat the food. So you could hypothetically have a huge feast. And by the way, Jesus did go to feasts. You could have a huge feast, an extravagant feast, and not sin at all. And then you could eat you know, you could eat a loaf of bread as a, as a way of coping. You could eat a loaf of bread as, as a way of um, indulging yourself in a in a manner um, irreverent, in a manner that does not give thanks or does not give glory to God, and and doing it in a way that glorifies yourself. Mm. So it's all about the heart. It's not about the food. Mm. Um, just quick question. So is it is gluttony just specific towards food, or can it be towards other things? Yeah, it's actually not specific towards food. It's usually referred to uh, with food, but um, it can be. You, know, you could be glutton for sex, you could be glutton for drugs, um, you could be money. glutton for money, yep. So gluttony is it's a behavior towards Punishment? a person, place, or thing. And honestly, um, I, I would say Adam and Eve committed the sin of gluttony because they lived in paradise, they had everything they wanted, everything they needed, they wanted more, right? That's gluttony. Hmm. Okay. Way to broaden the scope. Yeah. Which I feel like, yeah, when it does get talked about, it's it's like people just go to food. But it, it is, it's like, like you were saying, it's like more about your heart attitude. And mm -hmm. um, I'm just curious as to why, because I've never asked you this, Owen, but what made you want to do like a word study on gluttony specifically? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you, Hannah. Um, the reason I wanted to study that word is because I didn't understand what the word meant. And I kept reading that gluttony was a sin over and over again. It's like... Oh man, I'm I'm a pretty skinny guy. I don't think I could get fat if I tried. And uh, it's like, so what exactly is gluttony? I can stuff myself silly, and I still won't get fat. So, you know, we kind of associate gluttony with fat people, right? But that's actually not true. It's not true at all. Mm -hmm. Glutton could be a very very thin person. Um, but um, I think uh, I think another way to help you guys out a little more with this is um. Is gluttony is the opposite of self-control, which is a fruit of the Spirit. So that helps you get a better idea. We know in Scripture it says, you know, their God is their stomach. And uh, in, in uh, the original Greek, the word uh, koilia, um, it's from koilos, cavity, i.e. the abdomen, by implication the matrix, figuratively the heart. So there's an association between, like, the heart, you know, the belly, you know, consumption, where Paul said, you know, the God is their stomach. There's this idea here of like of consuming and like 
treating irreverently this idea of worshiping self you take things in and you consume them it's all mm. about you it's not about giving thanks and glorifying god it's all about you mm. consumption that makes a lot of sense. That was Philippians 3.19, by the way. Their destiny is their is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is their shame. Their mind is set in earthly things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, is gluttony, that word specifically, in the Bible? Depends. So that's where translations come in. Um, in some translations, it appears quite often. And others, um, not so much. The word glutton is actually rather new. Um, the word glutton comes from um, phagos. Um, I believe that's that's originally a French word. Uh, no, phagos is Greek, and then gluten with one T. That was um, a French word. So gluten comes from the French. You know, relative to like ancient Middle Eastern cultures, the French are actually not that old of a culture so the word glutton is actually not that old relative to the bible but um they had uh they had other words for it like slow belly um large appetite greedy carousing craving lusting coveting self-indulgence wanton aggressive this sounds really weird aggressive grease fish desire lack of self-control rapacity voracious habitual greed eating and eating excess those are all synonyms for gluttony and they're they're older words than gluttony. And all of those, many of those words, I believe, not, or a good majority of them are found in like, is it in a lot of proverbs? Right? Uh huh. Yep. You you have the right idea. Yep. So the concept of there is been it's in the Bible, but it's not directly like this is gluttony. This is this like. I mean, I think I also don't the. Um, was it the Pharisees? They called Jesus. They're like he's like a glutton and a drunkard, or something like that, in regards to. Yep. Yep. That. So John the Baptist was fasting, and they oh. said he was demon possessed. Then Jesus came eating and drinking, and they said he's a glutton and a drunkard. So, but wisdom is proved right by her deeds. And on that note, Emily, a very good point. Um, you can learn more about gluttony by contrasting it in Proverbs, like you said. Like, for example, Proverbs 28, verse 7. A discerning son heeds instruction, but a companion of sons disgraces his father. You, you understand Proverbs a little better when you contrast the, the first with the second. Discerning son, contrast, companion of gluttons. So uh, gluttony is, is the, the antithesis to discernment. It's not discerning to engorge yourself in a way that harms the holy tem- the temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's with anything, not just food, but right. with, like you were saying, sex, uh, yeah. uh, money. Shopping. Shopping. Shopping can be a big one. Yeah. But still, it's that one. Entertainment. More. Entertainment. Yep. Stupid phones. I was going to say, I feel like a lot of people can be really gluttonous with their phones Mm -hmm. because we live in a culture where everyone's just like so glued. I'm working against that because I struggle with that as well. It's like I have to have it. It's like I don't have to have it. Yep. If you can ever think of a time where like you knew you probably shouldn't be doing this thing, you're doing it anyway, and there's like a little tickle on the back of your conscience, you, you may be committing a sin of gluttony. You're doing something that you really shouldn't be doing. Would it, then would um, 
Gluttony also, I mean, it seems, when you were describing it, like, it seems like it falls under that idolatry, like, uh-huh. a big idolatry cat- category where you're putting something, a desire of something above the Lord. Exactly. Jesus said it's not what goes into your body that makes you unclean. It's what comes out of your heart that makes you unclean. And doing this, he declared all foods clean. So you can defile something that's perfectly good by making it an idol. You know, marriage is good. You can defile that with idolatry. Um, You know, your brothers and sisters are good. You can defile the church by making it your ministry an idol. You know, so on and so forth. A gluttonous desire defiles things. A gluttonous desire comes out of the heart. It's not the food. The food does not sin. Food doesn't sin. Your gluttonous desire for food is sin. So is gluttony one and the same as lust, or is it a form of lusting, I guess? That's what I'm processing in my head at the moment. Well, well, sorry about that. That that word was included there because there was... I was listing off the synonyms for... Uh, gluttony, but if to help you out a little more, you can contrast gluttony over to coveting. You know, you want something that's that doesn't belong to you, and you know you want it. And that that's con- that's slightly you know overlapped with gluttony. You know, you you want, you desire, you have a idolatrous desire for something. That goes over to lust, and mm-hmm. lust is like an erotic desire for something that you that that's not yours. And uh, I think there's multiple different ways lust can be translated in the Bible. Like, if I remember correctly, Jesus actually said he was lusting for the, the Last Supper. And that mm-hmm. sounds really creepy and weird to us. But you have to remember the way words used to be used. It was like uh, the, the Greeks had a bunch of different words for love. You know, they had philia, they had sorgi, they had uh, agape, they had eros. So it wasn't necessarily sexual for them. It was like a passionate desire for something. So, so lusting after food, you know, you could say that. You could say you're lusting after food. What do you mean? You're not saying you want to reproduce with the food, obviously. <laughs> what, <laughs> what you're saying is you have a passionate desire for this food that's, that's driving you. No, that makes sense. Okay, that makes a lot of sense because they were, the two were kind of getting muddled in my head mm-hmm. a little bit there, but that makes a lot more sense as to there, there is a difference, but there is some overlap as well crazy how a lot of like sin struggles or certain things seem to overlap there's like that yeah. idolatry but then you know in a way like that covet covetousness mm-hmm. or lust in those things mm-hmm. uh, pride uh, envy like, and jealousy like the, sometimes they like just overlap in a specific topic like yes oh and just explained uh with gluttony how it reach it's not just like a one thing there's multiple it seems roots right there could be Mm -hmm. that is i mean ultimately it seems like the root is you're putting this thing above god you desire this Mm -hmm. above god but then there are like other roots that like connect into Mm -hmm. how it i guess manifests yeah in that specific like right gluttony of food gluttony of drink gluttony Mm -hmm. of etc yeah Yep, very true. But I think one thing we often forget is that our sin, there are active sins, but a lot of our sin is just our nature. We are created to glorify God every second of every second of the day. And when we're not glorifying God, what are we really doing? We're not glorifying nobody. We're always glorifying something. It's either ourselves, God, the world, you know, somebody else. We're worshiping something all the time. 
by with by what we give our time to every second you're giving giving your time to something now you could be laying on your bed resting are you resting because you know god wants you to have rest to take care of your body so you can serve people better because god loves you and you know he wants you to rest or are you resting because you want to be petty and you want to punish your wife or whatever and you just want to lay in your room alone? You know, because we have the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit inside us and we have the flesh inside us. We're often doing things for two different reasons at the same time. We may have yeah. a good reason for resting. We may have a really uh, malicious and petty reason for resting. But as Paul said in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 31, he said, So whatever, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, mm. do all for the glory of God. So, I mean... Um, he says again in First Corinthians chapter six verse twelve, you know, in quotes, "All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything." So it's like, you know, there's so many things in this world that are permissible, and then they become bad when you're enslaved by it. Like if you ever see somebody's eating uncontrollably, it's not a problem with the food. It's because they're enslaved. That's the problem. Mm. Good nuggets of truth of truth um i feel like did you have any questions hannah specifically i had a different question that went another way but i feel like my mine is more of a personal question so if we want to go there we can go there and then we'll go because we'll mine it, mine it is related mm -hmm. but it's it kind of takes into like a different branch but it's connected cool it, it's all there but we're going all over the map we're, so we're in, there's no order here there's no it's yeah. just it's a conversation um i was going to ask you and you can answer however comfortably you want um but i think it's good as we're talking about this to explain like how you know maybe god has helped us through this area in our own lives or how we've seen it in our own lives um and you can be as specific or not specific as you want but i guess like how have you seen struggles with gluttony in your own life or like or have you you know been convicted recently you know just expound upon that yep. however you wish yep oh, what another wonderful question hannah i actually have been convicted about that sin in my life um so when i was younger when i was a teenager i used to think i couldn't possibly be a glutton because i am a thin athletic person and because um Whenever I, you know, eat, eat too much, I just start to feel sick and I stop. You know, I never get fat. I don't overeat. And, you know, we have different words for that, you know, overeat. But um, what I get convicted about now is now that I have a better understanding of gluttony, it's like, we'll say, I had a really horrible day at work, okay? This is back when I was single. I had a really horrible day at work, you know. Um, I'm too tired, too exhausted to make any food. I just come home I don't want to deal with anything so I just grab that box of ice cream and here I go now mind you it's not wrong to have some ice cream after a stressful day at work the problem is how far you take that okay you eat like you know a few scoopfuls okay no problem you eat a few more okay maybe that's all right you're giving thanks to the Lord you're loving him you're loving God okay but and you start eating ice cream till your eyes cross. Are you really eating it to glorify God because you love him? Or are you coping? You're coping because you're miserable. You're coping because you're anxious. And you want to stop feeling the pain. And you're using ice cream to, to numb your senses, literally. So um, 
that is not that is not godly. That's not self-control. That's that's indulging yourself. That's being en enslaved, and that's coping coping by abusing a substance. And that's not that's not relying on the Lord. That's not trusting in Him to provide for you, and that's not dealing with your problem. That's hiding from your problem. Mm. Would you say you still struggle with that sometimes, or do you feel like it's never really been to that degree? Mm, I don't want to let myself off the hook. I think I've started to take it too far from time to time, but never to the extent that I used to. I think things like that are not super clear cut. There's no like, mm. no like, um, no like siren that plays once you eat too much <laughs> or when you're taking it too far, but. You know, I mean, I mean, there's, there's the Holy Spirit it convicts you. It's like, it's not wrong to look at a woman and say she's beautiful, okay? But it's wrong to lust at her. You can play all sorts of mind games in your head to convince yourself that you're not actually sinning. You're just mm -hmm. acknowledging something's beautiful. But let's be real. Um, when you, when you actually know you're not doing anything wrong, you don't have anything to explain because your conscience is clear. Mm. If you find yourself starting to defend yourself mm. while you're eating some ice cream. If you're defending yourself, it's probably because something's not right. Mm. Your own conscience has condemned you. Mm. And regardless of whether or not it's actually a sin, I'm sorry, Hannah. <laughs> regardless of whether or not it's actually a sin, it's become a sin because your conscience is, because your conscience is condemning you. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. And I like that you said once you start defending in your mind like or justifying like I feel like I try to justify everything I do and it's like okay well why do you feel like you need to justify it because if you actually felt really like confident about it and that you were doing the right thing for God like there's nothing to justify it's like this is you know I'm doing what the Holy Spirit's leading me to do I'm doing what God's calling me to do so mm -hmm. that was a really good point yeah, I don't want to don't want to place an unnecessary burden on you, Hannah. I took this too far when I was a kid, and I freaked out and second-guessed myself and mm. questioned everything when I was a kid, and I didn't even have panic attacks because I thought, you know, everything was like a sin to me. I was so mm. afraid of violating my own conscience that everything was a sin to me. We just have to understand that... Um, okay, let me take an example from Scripture. You should always be back to Scripture. Paul taught us about this when he talked about food sacrifice to idols, okay? Mm. Uh, the, there, there is nothing wrong with eating food sacrificed to idols. He made that clear. It became wrong when the brother whose conscience is weak, you know, he thought there was something wrong with it. He thought it was being sacrificed to demons. And because his, his uh, conscience was weak, that food was defiled. He couldn't be eating that. And uh, it wasn't because there's actually anything wrong. It was because he was doing so he would have been doing something in his conscience that's wrong. So I, I want to tie this back to what I was saying before. Um, when you start freaking out like that and you start thinking everything is a sin, we have to remember where the spirit of Christ is, there is freedom. Mm. You know, he sets us free from that sort of legalism. And we just need to come back to understanding that it's Jesus Christ who makes us righteous. It's he who makes us clean. It's he who delivers us from our sins. And we're not going to ever be able to be righteous by avoiding things. Amen. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now I have my question, which actually, you know, one of our favorite books, Ecclesiastes. Uh, in Ecclesiastes 8, 15, it says... And, and well, I'll explain what my question is in a moment. But 
Ecclesiastes 8.15 says, And I commend joy, for man, for man has nothing better under the sun but to eat and drink and be joyful, for this will go with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. So, kind of switching back to our, you know, kind of, I, I think you kind of touched on it a little bit before, or maybe not, but, so, you know, we see this first, and in regards to, let's say, like, gluttony and, and food, people are like, oh, wait, but the Bible says that we should eat, drink, and be merry, so where, where does that come in, in to conflict with this idea and, and do, does it even conflict is it even in is 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 Solomon is he talking about gluttony specifically or is he addressing a different different topic like okay so that's that's a great point Emily I actually want to double down on the point you're making before I before I uh, respond to it so it says elsewhere um actually in the New Testament the the Apostle Paul says in first Timothy 6 Chapter 6, verse 17, um, he says that God richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So what, what does that mean? God provides us everything for our enjoyment, right? How, you want to take that out of context? Everything's for our enjoyment. It's all from God. You know, let's go party. Let's go sleep around. So where do we draw the line there? Um, I think, I think, um, I think we could go back to where he says, um, if he did not spare his one and only son, but gave him up for us will he not along with him give us everything so so that's future tense there um i think we should view that in future ten tense we have everything that we need in christ and mm -hmm. you know you may be in pain right now you may find yourself wanting um but does that mean you're actually lacking anything no absolutely not uh, you can take heart that you have everything you need in christ and the, although that's not the reality you feel right now that's the truth for eternity you'll have everything you need and we just need to stay within within the healthy bounds God has provided for us, knowing that He works all things for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. So, so while we're eating and drinking and being merry, and while we're enjoying our wives and and living, you know, like in Ecclesiastes it says, you know, enjoying the food, the, all this comes back to God. It comes back to glorifying Him and enjoying Him. Our primary pleasure in life, and Solomon would agree with this is to glorify God. That's where we get our most pleasure from. That's where we get our most sustenance from, is glorifying God. That's what we were created for. That's hardwired into our DNA, and that's the best thing we can experience. So if you really want to enjoy food to the maximum, as, as Solomon told us to do, it's going to be meaningless under the sun. It's going to be vanity under the sun, but under Jesus Christ, that's where you enjoy food the most. You know, Jesus was standing on the shore eating that fish, and he's like, you know, you think of Jesus' glorified body eating a fish. Like, why would he want to do that when he's glorified? Well, God created food. It's wonderful. You know, he says, we'll not drink of the vine again until the kingdom of heaven comes. So he's saying we're going to have, have wine in heaven. You know, wine, you know, food, it's all, it's all wonderful things. It just needs to be, needs to be joy, enjoyed under the context of glorifying God. That's where these things all point. Everything points to Christ because from him and to him, through him are all things. And that's, that includes food. That's, that's how you need to enjoy food. You that's why we pray before we eat. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's not coming with this hedonistic approach, which says, mm -hmm. you know, that pleasure is like, that's that's the aim of life. Like, that's what we're looking for. Um, I mean, because going back to Ecclesiastes, like, we see Solomon's like, I've had all the wives. I've mm -hmm. had this. I have the money. I have this. But in the end, he's like, 
all is vanity. Like there's there's nothing new. That he's basically saying there's no hope. There's there's you can't find hope in those things. But I like what you were saying, Owen. That it's like there is hope in Jesus, and we're not putting our hope in those things mm-hmm. that are here on earth. So basically, that that food, that drink, that has been provided for us by God is there for us to enjoy. But once you cross that line of I'm putting this like in a place where it doesn't belong. Uh, mm-hmm. That's where it becomes a problem. And and I think you you quoted or you were talking about how uh, like their God is their belly, uh-huh. like those like Old Testament things. Yep, those were oh yeah, it's Philippians. And I think there's something else in Isaiah. I believe I was looking up where it was, uh, they were talking about the destruction of like it wasn't good. How they were saying like you know. I can't remember what it was, but it was talking about, like, it, it wasn't good stuff. Like, mm-hmm. when they're saying, like, you know, the way that they were acting, and uh, I believe it was the Israelites. I probably should have, like, gotten the verse, but <laughs> but what, whatever, whatever, whatever it was talking about, it wasn't good. So, um, I guess, just coming back to that, like, the whole, like, okay, we could eat and drink for, you know, we might die tomorrow, so we're going to do all the good stuff. Like, do do as much as we can. Like, that is not... That's not... At least... I mean, obviously, that's not saying it's, like, biblical. Uh, it's not... That's not what Ecclesiastes is saying. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, I feel like that could be a common question. Like, yeah, like, how does that contrast, but... Well, maybe another another way to put it is you don't want to put the gifts above the giver, right? If you had a child, which hopefully you will someday, Emily, if you had a child, you know, you give them a gift. What do you want them to do when you, you give them a gift? you want them to throw down the gift and give you a big hug, or do you want them to snatch the gift out of your hand and run off and, you know, say, you're chopped liver, Mom, I want to go play with my toy. So that's that's the different approaches we can take to all the gifts God gives us. We mm-hmm. could take a gluttonous approach, like a child who snatched the gift and ran away, or we could take a thankful, glorifying approach. You know, we we kind of forget about the gift because we're so enraptured with the one who gave it to us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And I was just gonna say too, a quick thing. Um, I was looking up verses that have to do with gluttony, and I like the one from Proverbs uh, twenty five sixteen. It says, "If you have found honey, eat only enough for you, lest you have your fill of it and vomit it." So, just makes me think like it when we do things out of like selfish ambition or wanting to just give ourselves pleasure, or we use um, you know shopping as a way to cope, or sex, or money, or gambling as a way to cope that never bears like good fruit and so like you know it's talking about in proverbs like you're going to vomit it's like and and that doesn't actually feel good at the end of the day either like when you're when you're producing fruit like the fruits of the spirit like love joy peace patience kindness gentleness um i'm leaving some out but when you when you're glorifying god like those things come naturally and it feels like genuinely so good maybe not in the moment if it's something that's like really hard like you're making a sacrifice but like it always just feels so much better than like what we think is a good idea and like oh I'm just gonna like down this ice cream because like at horrible day and like I'm not gonna pray about it but I'm just gonna like down this Mm -hmm. ice cream 
um, it's like you could throw up, you could get a stomach ache, and it's like in the moment you think it's this like great idea, but it's like there's no fruit that is like being like born from that. So that was just another thought that I had. It's a good point, you know. If you're too busy to pray, that's a sign something got went sideways in your activity. But something that a verse that really summarizes what you're saying, I think, pretty well is Romans chapter thirteen, verse fourteen. Um, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Mm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was actually like so I was reading an article, wow, so that um uh, somebody put out talking about kind of like talking about overindulgence, which mm. I mean kind of taking a step back. Do you, of course, yes, with what Owen was saying, it's super cool. But I was, like, saying that, it says, when we look closer, we see that overindulgence in the smorgasbord of earthly delights has many unsavory effects. Like, mm. And it was kind of reminded me of what you said. Um, this was, it's an article by Grace Covenant Church. Um, it just said, like, gluttony robs God of glory by erecting an idol in his place, which mm. talked about that verse, Philippians 3.19 says gluttony robs our fellow man of his basic needs um the verse that was cited is hebrew thirteen sixteen. i'm not sure exactly what that one mean, means um and then it says gluttony robs our bank account of potential kingdom impact which i guess it's talking about if you're spending your money on those things like there are other ways we can be serving the lord with our money and then Gluttony robs our bodies of their full measure of Christian service, which First Corinthians six six nineteen through twenty was um, was stated. So I don't know. I just thought that was interesting and kind of like seemed to go along with your um, Hannah your comment about just like like the feelings of after, like what happens after that mm-hmm. indulgence. Obviously, you're kind of talking about more of like the right after, but then. Just mm-hmm. kind of looking at the other perspective. I don't know. Yeah. I definitely used to indulge in food in college when I was, like, staying up till 2 a.m. studying. Like, I could you not. I would just take a jar of peanut butter and just, like, scoop it out and just, like, eat tons of it in one sitting. And, like, it never felt good. Ever. Like, <laughs> I never was like, oh, that really helped me. Like, with my studies, yeah, it never helped. But I definitely, I I can't sit here and be like, oh, yeah, I don't know what it's like to, you know, go through that. Like, I definitely struggled with that I think we all do. Like, we all have struggled with some form of gluttony, whether it's with food or with other things. Something else. Absolutely, yes. I think think nobody can come away and be like, yeah, like, because if you did say that you've never had a... Disordered desire. A disordered desire, then you're a liar. Right. Yep. Sorry, just calling it out. Yep. It's be a, be a liar. Amen. Amen. Absolutely, I agree. That's and true. Of course, there's nothing that like if that is something that somebody's struggling with, like, then there is a call to repentance. There is a call because we have we serve a loving God who will forgive. Right. Um, as we turn away from those things and pursue Him to put God. Or to, yeah, to put God in the rightful place, um, which is above all things. Yeah, if we confess our sins, He is gracious to forgive us. Mm-hmm. Law and righteousness. righteousness. Yeah. yeah. 
Emily, something you said about gluttony in that, that article, was that article you were reading from? Yeah. Uh, I think there's something there that you mentioned that we actually haven't talked about very much yet, and that's the idea that um, gluttony deprives our, our neighbor, deprives our brother and sister of something. Um, it harms them. And uh, I think that's something, as Americans, we don't really notice too much because mm. we do have so much food in America, and if we ever committed a gluttonous act with food specifically, it would not really harm anyone because there's just such an abundance of food. Um, our stuffing our face never deprives someone else but this is a very real issue in the apostle paul's time he had to correct an abuse of the lord's supper you know we never associate the lord's supper with with gluttony like how are you gonna be gluttonous with those tiny little wafers and that little bit of grape juice right <laughs> but <laughs> that's that's not the way it was were they having whole feasts and they, stuff? They, they were they're having feasts and other people came in they're like they got nothing to eat mm. and, you know those people might have been actually starving it's a very mm. serious issue and Paul said it was a very serious issue. He said that's why some of you are falling asleep. Now, you can argue about what that means, but no matter how you interpret that, it's very, very, very serious. People are not taking the Lord's Supper in a proper way. They're being gluttonous. So, yeah, that's that's another way gluttony is harmful to your neighbor. Mm. It, it reminds me of that verse from Proverbs that you were talking about earlier, where it's like only mm-hmm. take as much as you need. Exactly. Um, as, you know, there are other other things other other people may need that in a way um yeah yeah just like hold on what was I gonna talk about I I feel like that was shooting my brain off like talking about like our our I don't know like our time um Mm. just like we're spending our time and our money doing those things indulging in our in our own you know, it's like how could we, how could we be better using our resources, our time for the glory of God? Exactly. Um, because, I mean, not to say that everything like it's not like okay, you can't go home, you can't eat that bowl of ice cream, you can't like <laughs> recoup from a really hard Monday at work. I mean, ha- I mean, we're we're recording this on a Monday, but it will be coming out. But today has been a very hard Monday. Yes, it has. It's been a crazy day. Um, but it's like, okay, so then how do I then deal with it? I can have that food, but then how do I spend my time? How do I, where, what am I making first things first? Um, and that's the issue. It's not the food itself. It's not whatever it's, what am I doing Mm -hmm. in light of like those things that are happening? Yeah. Who's your savior? Who's your comforter? Is it the box or is it the Lord? Right. Is it the oatmeal with the Oreo in it? (laughs) Is it that? Is it that? Is it those weedies? Is it doom scrolling on your <laughs> doom, phone? Doom scrolling for like an hour, you know, because you want to quote unquote escape. Mm-hmm. Is it watching Netflix for hours or mm-hmm. Hulu or whatever? Yep. Well, a lot of those gluttonous sins can come with other sins in tow. Like maybe doom scrolling will come along with envy. Maybe uh. Mm. You know, sitting outside eating that box of ice cream will come with laziness. There's mm. usually another sin mm. close behind with the gluttony. Yeah. It's like a domino effect. Yes, and it's and I think I said this before. It's not just like one thing happens. There are a lot of things that happened. Like you said, you know, you're watching things. All of a sudden, that could lead to um, some sexual sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, like we sc- talked about scroll- in the doom scrolling. dating apps. Yeah. You know, one minute you're just scrolling, next minute you're fantasizing about reality, like false reality, and then you're going into lusting territory. Yeah. It just can snowball. 
a lot of things can snowball. Out of control when you're not putting your hope in Christ, who already is all-satisfying, all-loving, all-perfect. Yeah. And died for our sins. Like, your ice cream didn't die for your sins. <laughs> I remember, Anna, you would say that to me. We would, we would talk about this, like, uh, with, like, no. friends. You'd be like, your this didn't die for your sins. Your this didn't die for your sins. Like, I, that's like a Hannah quote that, like... Oh. Well, we, I, I don't think it was, it could have been something I was talking about with you, or it's like, we were just talking about something in general, it's like, that didn't die for your sins, now did it. It's yeah, true. I've said that multiple times. It's good stuff. It is, it is, it is very true. Absolutely. Yeah, really, uh, just to summarize, I mean, gluttony is not about the food. And, you know, some people might think anorexia is the opposite of gluttony. It's actually not true. Neither of those things are the opposite of, uh, neither of those are about the food. They're all about the heart. And and the solution to both is the gospel. Um, For anorexia, you need to understand the sufficiency of Christ, that he died for your sins. And there is no condemnation. You don't need to have those feelings of shame anymore. Uh, he has redeemed you. He, you are righteous in God's sight because you're clothed in Christ. And for a gluttony, you need to understand that, that God is more enjoyable. He's more comforting. Mm. And he's more sustaining and he is your savior. And he's infinitely more enjoyable than whatever substance you're using to cope or to give you that fix or that pleasure that you need. So the solution to both is the gospel. Mm. Yes, Jesus paid it all. Yeah. All to him we owe. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not gonna keep going. (laughs) It's been too serious for too long. Hannah needs a a joke break. Oh, I have a serious threshold. We've literally had conversations at like two a.m. It's like you're like crying. You're like when you had to when you had to leave Cortland. Yeah. And then it's like ended up joking. I'm pretty sure. That sounds familiar. (laughs) Wow, Owen, do you have personal experience? (laughs) <laughs> he's like no comment no comment <laughs> i refused we don't stay up till 2 a.m <laughs> why is he not maybe sometimes do you guys sometimes stay up late i not anymore i can't unless there's a secret <laughs> maybe you stay up till 2 a.m and i don't know about it you know what i think we actually do resolve our issues pretty fast i will say that <laughs> no, I didn't mean that in any sort of bad way. Okay. I just mean the Lord has blessed us with oh, fast oh. resolutions to our little kerfuffles. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. if you need to stay up late, you know, gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. To yeah. Oh, you were thinking of like, oh, staying up late to like resolve conflict. I was just thinking of staying up late, like just for whatever. I don't know. Yeah, talking, whatever. <laughs> hanging out. Yeah. We don't. Listen, arguing. We don't stay up. I just can't anymore. I like turn to a pumpkin. A pumpkin. Yeah. A pumpkin with your country pumpkin. I started out as a pumpkin, so it's no change for me. <laughs> Owen's just <laughs> always a country pumpkin. Remember when you, that was his contact in your phone? Yep. Your, or, yeah, yeah. Yep. There used to be a pumpkin next to your name in my phone, but I now remember. it's a heart and a heart eyes. Aww. Yep. Heart and, heart and an eyeball, huh? That's pretty edgy. That's uh, pretty cheesy. Oh my goodness. Uh, any, I, f- I feel like Owen, you kind of summed that up. Any last comments before we just kind of do a couple quick housekeeping things? 
No. May I do a shameless plug? Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, I was actually going to bring that up, but you can definitely do it yourself. Ah, okay. I wasn't sure if you are going to. I just wanted to invite anybody who's interested to check out my YouTube channel. It's called Bible Thumper. It's a little bunny rabbit holding a Bible. Um, I just really appreciate it if you could help me spread God's word to everyone I can. Yeah, and we're going to put a link in the description. Yep. So if you just happen to want to check it out, uh, we're going to figure out how to do that. It's pretty great. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little biased. But... I've actually, I don't think I've ever listened. Wait, I think I listened to it once. So much for a blog. It's more like a roast. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I said it was great. Yes, you said it was great, and I think the the time, I think we heard that one went back when you guys were dating or not. Dating. Oh, when Hannah had a freaking meltdown. <laughs> it was like I really like this guy, and now he's not gonna love me. And then she never watched another one. <laughs> that was about COVID, and I. I thought that he was going to dump me, and I was, like, literally... From a, from a traumatic experience with somebody else you had previously yeah, had, too. Yeah, and I was, like, laying in my bed, like, almost having a panic attack, because I guess I really... I Yeah, subconsciously, I was, like, super into you, but, like, in my not subconscious, I, I was, like, yeah. just freaking out about everything. I actually, I believe I met Owen that day. Yep, you did. The and day of that, I'm like, you just have to let him explain. I think you need to, I was her voice of reason in this. She was vouching just for you. Just let him grovel and beg for mercy. <laughs> she was vouching for you. She was like, I, I feel like, like just, he really just, like, I'm sure if he explains things, you guys will be, like, on the same page. Yeah, yeah that that still goes on, by the way. Still have to explain stuff and... Kind of sort things out like that. Yes, because I don't understand. Pink brain, blue brain. Men and women are very different in how they think and act and whatever. But anyway, so yes, Owen has his YouTube channel, which we're going to link below in the subscription. (laughs) Description? (laughs) It's been a long day, folks. And... uh, I'm doing my best to try to get the Instagram up. Hopefully, it'll be up and running before this uh, this episode releases. But if it hasn't released when this episode comes out, I don't know. Han- Hannah's going to have to remind me to do it or something. Just, yeah, put a reminder on your phone. Yes. Maybe. Um, and I think that's... That's about all we have for today. Any last thoughts, Hannah? Um, just if you have any questions about what we said or comments, like feel free to send uh, Emily a message on her Instagram. Um, or if you have our number, like text us. Um, we're obviously not going to give that out, but um, just we always want to you know. You know. We always want to leave it open. I have her number. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> We want to leave. We always want to leave that invitation open to you because we like your questions and concerns and comments. Oh, and if anybody has any idea, any topics that they'd like us to cover, also reach out. Oh um, yeah. Hopefully, if I get this Instagram set up, then you could DM that. Yeah. Or, or you could just reach out to us. You know, like I said, if you know, you know. If you have our numbers, reach out. We're looking forward to having more guests. Yes. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. It was a pleasure. Yes, thanks for hopping on. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. I guess that's it. So long. Bye, everybody. Bye.